0: Welcome back to another Weirdness to Action Enneagram podcast. My name is Creek, and I'm with my drowsy, oh wait, no, that's me, uh, co-hosts, yeah. Mara Sikora yeah. and Maria Jose Um we are, we are doing an unusual Monday morning recording and I'm, I'm not a fan, I'm just going to yeah. put that out there. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> would not yeah, be my preference yeah. either but here, here, we, here are, we are, here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, and
0: we're gonna be well. taking on a very light topic today thank goodness um with no coffee in the system we're gonna be talking about spirituality um <laughs>
1: there you go. so
0: really it's nine o'clock and you haven't had coffee no yet? see i woke up at eight thirty, and i just didn't have time and you wow. know
1: did you really wake up well
0: kind of <laughs> <laughs> um but but real quick uh maria jose you were you were part of a tennis tournament uh this this past weekend how did it go
1: it went great depending on the <laughs> angle you look at um so i was a uh, part of the organiza- organization of the tournament and it went really mm-hmm. really great i also played <laughs> and I didn't go that well. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's mm. out of my league. It's it's a really competitive, high-level tournament, and I'm a just yeah like a regular player. I enjoy it, but I'm not that good. So I enjoyed it, I learned, and all the people were very happy with the results of the tournament. Very nice. They enjoyed very it. Very nice. So... I think, it,
2: I think it's great that you jumped into a tournament that's yeah. above your league. That that takes guts. That's so what I, I told that's her the great. other day. Too. Yeah. I'm like, I would never do that. That's
0: insanely yeah. mature. <laughs> and I enjoyed yeah, it. That's, that's amazing. Mario, what did you do this weekend?
2: I played in a tennis tournament too. Uh, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Not, not surprising at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, tennis is something I've never... I never took to i tried it once or twice and it was just too too difficult for me and i said screw that entire. did you play sports who me yeah oh sure yeah i, I mean well i played you know uh organized baseball as a kid played all sorts of things you know intramural and you know i did martial arts for almost 20 years so yeah. but, you know it's not is, really is martial a sport, art a
0: sport? I mean, well i
2: did do kickboxing for a bit which okay. um but not for that long because I quickly realized that getting punched in the face is only fun for so long, you know? So, um, but, yeah. but punching people in the face now that, you know, well, it's, it's if, certainly better than the alternative. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm just procrastinating getting yeah, into this. No, yeah. it. Um, so, so, <laughs> yeah. so, um, oftentimes in the Enneagram community, we, there's, There's a lot of, obviously, a lot of different spiritual backgrounds, religious traditions that are brought by the person to an Enneagram community. Um, A lot of teachers use the Enneagram alongside of spiritual traditions. And oftentimes we get questions about uh, why don't you all talk about spirituality or, or just what do you think about spirituality, those sort of things. So we thought we'd address that. Yeah, in this episode and then we'll be having some follow-up episodes with some people that are deep into their religious tradition that we think are, are thinking deeply about things um, in a way that uh, is honest and really reflective so um, let's start off with so can
2: i make a suggestion of a starting point here yeah, 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 sure, <laughs> sure. So just for, by way of background, so um, the there's a few questions here that we need to ask. Number one, why don't we talk about spirituality, right, um, in, in our work? Why don't we teach Enneagram spirituality? That's I, I get the accusation, or we get the accusation all the time, of ignoring the spiritual aspects of the Enneagram right in particular and then you know uh, what is spirituality for us and you know uh, is what we do spiritual in that perspective but i i think the the big start of this was you know that i a while ago wrote something on why i don't use teach spirituality in organizations using the enneagram right and i've had some public conversations about this, and got labeled as somebody who's anti-spiritual, right? Or that our approach is in some way anti-spiritual or anti-religious. It's not. And um, it's, you know, I am a former seminarian myself. I've been studying comparative religion for geez, let's see, 35 years, um, you know, I've got a Comparative philosophy Comparative religion, what do you mean by well, that? Well, just, you know, the interest in religion in general and spirituality in general and how they compare to each other, right? Comparative religion is, you know, what does this religion say versus what does that religion say? So uh, so all this stuff is very interesting to me, but it's just not part of what we teach. And I think what we want to do today is talk about why. Mm-hmm
1: and it's not part of what we teach as other people teach it. Hmm. So we don't there's certain things and we'll go deeper into that but we don't explicitly teach certain aspects of, of spirituality especially related to the enneagram but doesn't mean that and I'm going to the last question what we do is not spiritual.
0: Yeah. So listener as as you know by now before we get into any topic we need to define our terms. So Let's start with spirituality. Mario, you send us a 10-page document on your definition
2: <laughs> of spirituality. No, nah, come on, man. Uh, yeah. uh, it's two paragraphs it. from Wikipedia, man. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. I <laughs> yeah. I meant Look, to- Creek, some people take this podcast seriously okay some people actually prepare you know they have their coffee before they show up they don't whine about having to get up in the middle of the morning in order to you know so mm, all yeah, right so. right right okay all right all right i'll remember that next time i'm editing
0: all your mistakes um, <laughs> um so okay so let's just let's just do this then uh
2: Spirituality. What's what's the uh, Wikipedia definition? Well, I, I don't want to read the whole thing, but, you oh, know. But okay. um, it, it's so it starts off. With, I mean, the, the the question of why we don't talk about spirituality in our trainings is starts off with the fact that it doesn't have a real definition. Okay, there's multiple definitions of spirituality, and traditionally. It had to do with something, you know, uh, uh, having to do with religion, right? Something that pointed to gods in some way or forces, you know, divine forces, sacred forces in some way. Okay. So it, it really was an issue related to metaphysics and certain assumptions. about the existence of gods and how we should interact with them and so forth. And over time, as you know, people started to become you know, less wedded to traditional religious practices, spirituality took on this meaning of, you know, kind of some non-structured, you know, belief system that has respect for spirits, divine sources, you know, things that we don't understand, but that are non-material and So forth. Now, there are other definitions of spirituality that are just, well, the practices for personal growth. So we've got to first, when we talk about spirituality, talk about what it is we're claiming. Are we making references to the divine? Are we making references to metaphysics? Or are we just talking about something that makes us better people? And if we're talking about something that makes us better people, I'm all for it. If we're talking about something that has to do with a relationship with the divine, there are much better people to talk about than me, than us, and go talk to them. And because all of my clients come from all different sorts of faith traditions, I don't want to go in with any spiritual beliefs or spiritual assumptions that just may not apply to them, may not resonate with them. That's not my job. And if it's just we're talking about something vaguely metaphysical, well, that's a whole other conversation. But you know, we'll save that for at the bar, you know, at uh, midnight or something, you know, because <laughs> uh, otherwise, most of those conversations just aren't very interesting to me. So, for saying the Enneagram as a tool, it of course it can be
0: held alongside someone's relig- religious tradition or sure. belief. But when we talk about when people talk about the Enneagram, uh, the Enneagram of spirituality or something like that, can we talk about that, Maria Jose? What's what's your thoughts on that?
1: When people started using the Enneagram, and I can refer to the Jesuits, for example, Bob Oakes was a priest, a Jesuit, and he taught the Enneagram to a lot of Jesuits, and it spread from there. A lot of people here in Chile learned it from them. So it's probably hard to separate the Enneagram from those roots for some people. Uh, and their interpretation of things has the background of the religion that they're immersed in. But as Maria was saying, people we work with come from all different backgrounds, all different religions or spiritual traditions, or none of them, but preferences in their lives. And I think that we, what we have tried to do is just distill The Enneagram and keep what's purely Enneagram and not, I mean, not conflated or combined with any religious traditions out of respect for the people we work with, but also because not everything applies to everyone. And the Enneagram as a tool is very powerful if we try to force a particular religious or spiritual tradition to go with the enneagram we would lessen the value i think of the enneagram because it, people might reject that tradition and not see the value of the enneagram
0: so in your corporate work when you're when you're teaching the enneagram do you, what what kind of questions about spirituality do you get
2: it's it, do you get any maria jose do people not, bring it up not not, not many really. not
1: that i remember actually yeah. Okay. Yeah. i mean people say oh, I I learned this from the Jesuits. This is the same or something like that. But like knowledge they have about or information they have about the tool, but no concerns or desire, I think.
2: So for me, I I never used to get those questions but now it comes up more because so many people hear about the enneagram in the churches these days in the united states right the the enneagram really has had this sort of blossoming in the you know protestant evangelical-ish churches and so that's a lot of people's first encounter with it that i encounter now and um And it's not necessarily tied to a religious perspective necessarily, but I do find that what comes out of that world tends to be really Enneagram light and very superficial and very, you know, weak tea. And so most of the people that I encountered are either mistyped or, you know, have very simplistic understandings of the system. Now, when people do research, they'll start to, you know, maybe they'll come across, for example, Sandra Maitrey's book, The Spiritual Dimension of the Enneagram. And see, and this is the other tricky thing is when people are talking about spirituality of the Enneagram, what exactly are we talking about here, right? Are we talking about this idea of vices and virtues, which honestly are not really religious in and of themselves, even though they were adopted by, you know, the Christian tradition? That concept goes way back before christianity right so that's not even a religious you know or spiritual view but they're very often talking about the and here we go again the neoplatonic essentialism and you know um that you know that is is really at the heart of you know this whole concept of essence right so in the western judeo-christian tradition it's more the western christian tradition i I think but no it goes back to plato really so again it's this idea that there are these things that exist beyond the material and you know we can get into all day talking about that and you know things that are non-material but you know i would certainly acknowledge the existence of and things that are non-material that i wouldn't you know, or things that people think are non-material that I wouldn't, you know, admit the existence or agree with the existence of. But it's this idea that there's the worldly and then the otherworldly, in a sense. Okay, And if you go back to, you know, what came out of Achazo's work. And particularly as filtered through, you know, to some extent through Naranjo, but to other extent through the work of Almas and the Diamond Heart School and the Ridwan tradition. I mean, that is a religion, right? You know, Almas is, you know, the Diamond Heart approach, which has been very influential in the Enneagram world. I mean, it is literally registered as incorporated as a religion. It's not just a you know, an Enneagram school or a self-development school. It's literally a religion with metaphysical assumptions rooted in the Neoplatonism that we've talked a lot about in the podcast before. I just don't find that stuff interesting, okay? I think that the things that – it's funny because, you know, the, the Matri book, The Spiritual Dimensions of the Enneagram, I reviewed when it came out for the Enneagram Monthly, and last I checked Sandra Matri's website, my review was still there. And it was very positive and very glowing, but in the twenty five years since I've you know came to come to see things a little bit differently, and I just don't find that those metaphysical assumptions particularly interesting anymore or useful. I had a question, and I got caught up
0: in your story um, <laughs> <laughs> or I was falling asleep on one of the other yeah, well I'll take the first. Yeah. <laughs> let's go back to what what is what is a spiritual aspect of the enneagram that you can feel authentic uh, in in communicating
2: so uh, so are you talking about the, the um kind of the the dogma of the enneagram the um the elements no, of t- it or like in your way of
0: defining spirituality mm mm-hmm. mhm Right, that that isn't necessarily tied to a religious tradition. I, in what ways does the enneagram aid
2: in in those developments? Yeah. I try to avoid the word spirituality in general. Okay, the reason being, one of the books I read when I was young that had a big impact on me was Khalil Lebron, Lebron, Khalil <laughs> Gibran's, uh, book The Prophet. Right. And uh, the, the book, the prophet, it's kind of a new age, you know, classic. And uh, it's this idea: of this prophet goes into the village, and they ask him questions, and he responds. And at one point, they say to him, uh, "You know, prophet, speak to us this day of religion." And his response was, "Have we spoke this day of aught else?" Meaning that for him, you know, whatever he would consider spirituality or religion is just living your life in a way that helps from my view I, you know i think that the the big goal is eudaimonic flourishing right how can we achieve contentment and a feeling of well-being that's rooted in the efforts to fulfill our potential and and that relies on a few pillars and those pillars are the cultivation of wisdom the development of compassion uh, the development of efficacy, right, the capacity to be skillful in the world and to embrace a sense of wonder, particularly for those things that we don't understand, right? I mean, you know, there's there are there are so many things that we don't understand about the world. And I am comfortable just saying, wow, you know, that's something really cool and I don't get it. But man, oh man, is it cool, right? Uh, and it could be looking at, the, you know, the, the starry night, in a, you know, in a place where you can see all the stars or it can be looking at these, you know, uh, the, the the James Webb uh, telescope pictures and these things that are rewriting the science books and, you know, and, and for me, there's something magical about that in the non-literal sense, right? But there's nothing magical about it and I don't feel the need to insert magic into these gaps in what we know about the world, right? doesn't mean I don't think we should try and assume we know the answers or say, oh, we'll never know. But in the meantime, just sit back and feel all about things, okay? So for me, I guess that's as close as I would come to a definition of spirituality, right? Cultivate wisdom, cultivate compassion, cultivate efficacy, and cultivate a sense of awe and wonder. And the Enneagram really helps us with that in a lot of ways. But um, again, for me, some of the, you know, quote unquote spiritual pieces of it don't really, because I think that they fill in those gaps that I fill with awe and wonder with some things that are just, again, not particularly interesting to me intellectually. What are some practices
0: from from both of you? like? Those, if we're talking about those pillars, how do you cultivate those things, the awe and wonder, the, the efficacy, all those?
1: It's interesting how this topic can just cover so many things. And, mm-hmm. you and we can, spoke uh, this day of all else. Yeah, right? it, you yeah. can approach it from, yeah. take one thread and start pulling from it and, and you will get somewhere. But to me, I think that what Mari was saying, the cultivation of this sense of awe, when you try to explain with all these spiritual words that seem huge and deep and kind of like evolved like you're at a superior level when you use those words. Like the longer they are, it looks like you... Hey now, hey now, hey now. (laughs) You are more... I'm not talking about you, Maria. Um, I think that to me, it feels like you get further away from what's really there. And when you, in my case, for me, when you look at it more simply without trying to explain that much, but only feeling, seeing what there is, you know, it's amazing. I don't need those big words. I think that just when we're doing the work and we truly see someone for who they are, we understand what they want. We can feel with them. And that's kind of cultivating compassion. That's really spiritual for me. I don't need to use big words.
2: I think too, in addition to big words, there's I the one of the things I see that irritates me a little bit is the performative nature of a lot of what happens in and, and I'll just stick with the Enneagram world, right? I mean, I see people positioning themselves as spiritual teachers in the Enneagram world. And just, it just feels like an act to me. You know, I remember a guy standing up in front of a room and quivering and shaking as he was trying to demonstrate some idea. And it's like, come on, dude, you know, I mean, you know, why don't you just talk like a normal person? So, and, and and had I felt it was genuine, Right. And I felt the emotion was genuine rather than performative. I'm OK with that. Right. But, you know, as far as practices, look, I you know, one of the things I, I think about doing the kind of work that we do Because we're talking to people all the time about how to do this work, you can't help but have it thrown into your face and say, well, geez, you know, maybe I better do some of this as well, right? Or maybe I should learn a lesson from this and adopt this and adapt, you know, some of these same things I'm recommending to other people. Because quite frankly, if you're not doing that work yourself, your clients will recognize it. And if you're telling them to be more compassionate, but you're not, Modeling compassion for them, why would they listen to you? If you're not, you know, if you're trying to help them cultivate wisdom, but you're not trying to cultivate wisdom yourself, you know, I mean, first of all, you can't teach them how to do it. And second of all, even if you had, you know, if you read a book somewhere and, you know, gave them what was in the book, then, you know, they're going to pick up that this person's not doing the work. So so I think you know just doing this work pushes us to cultivate wisdom, to try and understand human pe- human behavior, trying to understand the world around us, try to understand ourselves and then glean lessons from that that we can use, right? Knowledge is just knowing things. Wisdom is applying it. You know, when it comes to compassion, again, same thing. How can I be more compassionate? How can I be more effective efficacious in life and the the wonder for me i think and you know and i think this it's, it's always something that's been of interest, you know been a focus of mine but as you get older you start to you know hopefully grow more focused on cultivating wonder and you know i think there are just so many opportunities again from trying to understand the world through science through through the arts i mean You know, whenever I travel, you know, I go to museums, right? I go to cathedrals. I love going to cathedrals, right? I mean, I've been to some of the great cathedrals in the world. And I I don't know that I ever got more giddy than being in St. Pierre Cathedral in Geneva and seeing John Calvin's chair. I mean, for me, that was just beyond awesome. Right. And it was exactly as uncomfortable looking as you would expect John Calvin's <laughs> chair to be. Right. I'm surprised it didn't have spikes on the seat. Yeah. Know? So, uh, you, you know, and then, you know, and then going to, uh, going to, um, oh, what's the other city in Sweden? <laughs> Zurich. Yeah. 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 you know, going to Zurich and going to Frau Munster. Um, And going into the chapel and seeing the Chagall stained glass windows in the chapel there, I mean, it just, you know, how can you not sit back and just be in awe and wonder in those sort of situations? You know, so so there's plenty of opportunities for this that does not involve making up weird cosmologies and, you know, um,
1: in my view. I think that the other practice is critical thinking. And you would think that, that it's almost it's like far away from spirituality. But uh to me when you really apply critical thinking, when you try to discern better, you get pure emotions, pure reactions, pure pure think more clear thinking. And it's funny, when you were describing Mary, all these churches and all that, which I really enjoy as well. To me, part of the wonder that I enjoy the most is people. And when I see people and when I can connect with them and when I can see the impact of what we're doing has on them, but also how they grow, that marvels me. And... When you think better and when you cultivate this wisdom, you can help them reach more of that. And if that's not spirit, I don't know. But at least for me, that's the spirituality that I care about.
0: I think for a lot of people, spirituality and religion is a though. I'm, I'm not always sure they're they're aware of it, but it's it is a way in which you are a part of a community that requires you to be confronted by the other the other that, is, that doesn't think like you, that doesn't look like you, that isn't in your same sort of financial class. And I think that is something that is, is actually sorely missing in our society today in, in ways that, that we are able to, in a lot of spiritual religion, like there's, there's a common belief or a common thing that we can on some level agree on. And therefore you are part of my tribe. And I think we just don't have that outside of religion or spirituality, without it becoming really dark, really fast. Like political systems, pol- like political parties. I mean, and I think that that is something that I think religion and spirituality is is, on some ways, in some ways, in some places, doing better than those that completely reject those spaces.
1: I agree. Uh, I think that. Uh, a lot of people go back to religion when they have left because of that, because they've missed that sense of community of somebody's holding my back. And I was thinking about, as you were talking, about how hard it is to separate the conversation about religion and the Enneagram. Because it's. I think that we're not saying that we're against religion. I think what we're saying is... We don't talk about religion in our even work. We try to keep them separate. But the benefits of religion, I mean, there are also downsides, but the benefits of religion I totally see and I understand and I respect. It's just that when you make it one thing, we get into trouble.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think Maria is a, said a really important thing here that i i would agree with you as well yeah i mean organized religion does that uh, better than anything else this creating a sense of community and a safety a social safety net belonging right a sense of belonging a sense of community a sense of support right? You know, the feeding the poor, taking care of the elderly, you know, when somebody who's part of a church gets sick, people rally around, you know, that sort of thing. Um, they give them the support that they might not get otherwise anywhere. But again, we're not, like Marie Jose said, we're not arguing against that, right? And um, that's great. I do think there are other ways to get it, uh, or at least parts of it. And there are lots of ways to get a sense of community uh that don't involve an organized religion i think that as far as you know kind of the social safety net aspect of it um you know i mean look at some of the northern european countries that are uh, you know social democracies the lowest, you know, religious rate, but also the highest happiness rate and confidence in social support, right? If something happens to me, I'll be okay, basically, is the mindset. So, so, so I think what we want to do is step back. And, and again, you know, I, I want to be really, really clear that we don't talk about religion because it's not part of what we do just like we don't talk about fitness and exercise in what we do maybe actually a little bit of well, that but you know you know we don't talk about repairing automobiles in our <laughs> trainings either because it's just it's just not what we do and it's not what we do because there are other people who do it better okay this is the important thing and my big frustration with what happens in a lot of the enneagram world is that people who seem to want to start something their own thing use the Enneagram as the central point of some sort of new religion. Okay. A, you know, a spiritual school or something like that, which again, fine. If you want to do that, if you want to build a spiritual practice around the Enneagram uh, for me, it's not that interesting. It's limited. There are better ways to do it, but go ahead But what we have and what my big concern is when people start talking about the spiritual, you know, work with the Enneagram is that there's people with no training, with no deep history in a tradition, with no oversight who are going out and, you know, taking advantage of vulnerable people and putting them at risk by, you know, doing these quote unquote spiritual things uh, that they have no right to be doing. Okay. And the reason we don't talk about religion or spirituality in our work is because we're not part of a religious or spiritual tradition in which we have training, authorization, guardrails against misuse for. So we leave those things to other people. Real simple.
1: Yeah. I would also add that when we want to do good interim work, we're very careful in several ways. The words we use how we define the terms the examples we use the exercises we do all of that that involves what we combine it with and if we use a word that it's too loaded people will not want to see themselves as that Uh, so it makes the tool less effective for example when we use striving to feel powerful we explain what we mean. Otherwise, people assume that it's taking the best advantage one to of be. people. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, abusive or something like that. So we define the term. So we're very careful about that because the Enneagram will be useful as long as people see themselves more clearly. If we combine it with other things, political things, religious things, which are loaded, People will have a baggage and will, that will affect the effectiveness of the.
2: I I think that's a hugely good point, Maria Jose. And, uh, you know, look, in the United States, it is just really bad practice to, you know, go into an organization and start espousing any spiritual or religious perspective in the work that you do. In fact, there are laws against it in doing work with the federal government, right? So consultants can't go into a you know, a federal agency and do compelled training that contains religious elements to it, okay? So because that's the law for federal agencies, most corporate agencies follow the same practice. Now, there are some that don't, right? There are some that are overtly you know, religious in some way or another. And again, that's, that's fine. But so from my view is it, it's, it's just not what we're supposed to be talking about here, right? It's somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's, yeah, it's really important. Yeah. If the Enneagram is a tool,
0: it can be used in a lot of different scenarios. And that doesn't mean that just because I have a hammer doesn't mean I'm a carpenter also doesn't mean I'm an auto mechanic, But they can both be used in those situations. So not mistaking the tool for the maybe profession is an analogy we could use. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yes. Finally. Um, (laughs) 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 This is on no coffee. Come on. Um, All right. Uh, any, Any final words as we close out this episode?
1: Yes. I think that there's another risk and maybe you have mentioned it and I... Missed it, but treating the Enneagram as a religion in the sense of not questioning your, your teachers or the dogma, seeing the Enneagram kind of content as dog and, uh, which might be limited, but, and, and that's even worse. So I think that that's another risk of using, uh, spiritual language and treating this as a religion or a spiritual tradition. This is not. This is just a tool that it can be used, as you were saying, in different contexts. But when you lose the capacity to question what you're being told, we're in deep trouble.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Mariose It's a really important point. And um, I'll add to it the really disturbing you know comments i've been hearing in the enneagram world lately about people receiving you know the enneagram or teachings about the enneagram through you know help from above in some way there's that famous video where narano you know talks about the origins of the enneagram and he says well you know what chazo gave me the kernel of the idea but you know the rest of it came to me through guided writing well, yeah, no, okay, whatever, right? Uh, I'm I'm skeptical, and I heard other you know pretty major enneagram teachers talking about getting guidance from above. On downloads, downloads, right? That's another word for crazy, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> when you're hearing voices and think you're getting downloads, that ne- that just never ends well. Avoid that stuff when you hear people talking about it. Please, just take a left turn when you hear those things. Hmm.
1: And most of the times when we finish our trainings, people say, this is spiritual. And we have not used any spiritual words, but we're trying to teach people what Mari was saying, wisdom, compassion, effectiveness, and this sense of awe. And people get it. To me, at least, that feels fulfilling. And we're not trying to to be seen as spiritual but we're trying to convey these skills and a lot of people see that and appreciate it
0: awesome well thank you everyone for listening we look forward to hearing your questions comments and snide remarks we'll talk to you next week Thanks for listening to the Awareness to Action Enneagram Podcast. If you're interested in more information or talking to Mario, MJ, or myself, feel free to reach out to us through the links in the show notes or by emailing info at awareness to All episode transcriptions and further information can be found at awareness to slash podcast. on the Q&A you said something about like you're the chat gpt of of something i i missed i missed the moment to be like where where do i prompt for shorter summaries <laughs> <laughs>